everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Your Career is a Choice or Chance, Gen AI in the Workplace. I'm Yael, your host, and for this amazing episode, I'm beyond thrilled because we will be dropping special episodes in honor of International Women's Day. We will dive into the intriguing world of Gen AI and gender bias. And guess what? We've got a fabulous guest in the house. She's delved into this topic in the London School of Economics a few years back, and today she's leading the data science and AI teams in Amaze and Data One in Amdocs. Hello, Laila. Hello. Thank you. It's great to be here. But before we begin, let me introduce our AI co-host, Alex. As always, Alex is here to learn, to listen, and to bring their AI unique perspective to the final question of the episode. Thank you, Yael, and pleased to meet you, Lila. I'm excited to join as your co-host in this fascinating discussion about gender bias in Gen AI. So Lila, can you share some overview of Gen AI and the bias data and elaborate on the risks that associated with it? Yes, of course. So I don't know about you, but when I hear about Gen AI, the first thing that I think about is ChatGPT. And I think about how it helps me write code, how it helps me prepare to this interview, you know, how it helps me plan my travel. But what we need to really think about is how Gen AI and AI in general is affecting all of our lives on a daily basis. The music that you hear, the movies that you see, you now it's algorithms that recommend you what to, what to see and what to hear. When you buy something on the internet, that's also based on that. When you apply to a job and you send your CV, you have an automated algorithm that selects your CV based on uh, some criteria. When you apply for a loan in a bank, then you have a system that automatically can pre-select you or pre-reject you. So what you need to think about is what happens when those automated systems or semi-automated systems are biased. In those cases, it can have real impacts on our lives. It's, for example, a representation bias. And I'm pretty sure that you saw already Gen AI uh, uh, image generation that are biased to generating male CEOs and not women CEOs. Those reinforce stereotypes and generate, you know, representation harms. It's not only about gender, it's also about the hegemonic representation of women and also about racial biases. So where does this bias come from? So I think it comes from a lot of places, but the most important one is the fact that algorithms and Gen AI can only say what they've been taught to say. And these algorithms are trained on data. And this data, if this data is biased, then what the algorithms do is also going to be biased. And this data, we need to understand that it's the consequence of hundreds of years of our social norms and social conceptions of women having a certain role, saying particular things, behaving in a certain way. If we go back to the example of a stable diffusion algorithm, where some researchers asked the algorithm to produce images of CEOs, and then most of the images that the algorithm produced were male CEOs, when we try to understand why, it's because most of the data that this algorithm was trained on for the CEOs were male. It doesn't mean that the algorithm is lying. It means that the algorithm is biased. But what's the other source of bias that it's important to mention? The fact that you don't have enough women being act taking an active part on the process of developing these algorithms. So the misrepresentation of, of women in the data science and AI field is also a factor that contributes to the bias. So algorithms are, are being, uh, in a way, developed by a biased, uh, you know, or a misrepresentative group of people that it's just a vicious circle, if I understand correctly. 
Exactly, it's a vicious circle. And we can discuss why you have that uh, underrepresentation of women in the field. It comes not only from the, the hard, the challenges that women have to enter the field, but also the challenges that women have to stay in the field. Harassments in the workplace or the long hours of work uh, in this particular field, the maternity leave and the need to do work at home, the impossibility to keep the, the pace that these kinds of work uh, require. So there's also all kinds of reasons why, why we have this misrepresentation. So you as a woman working in AI leadership and related to, you know, data science and AI. So I'm interested to know what challenges you, you have encountered and, you know, how do you recommend to overcome them? So I encountered all kinds of challenges in first person and in third person. For example, these things that I said about harassment, about uh, having to spend time with kids and, and the household work. This is a common problem that I've seen on, on a lot of colleagues. The things that I mostly encountered myself are around having always worked in teams of males. You know, that's usually, that has usually been my case. Probably the most, the most important one to me is around how men and women perceive different, differently their skill sets and their confidence level on how much they know and their, their ability to speak up and stand out know, for, for their thoughts. There's, there's a difference in how, I think, in how the workplace perceives a woman that is strong and speaks up and decides what, you know, what we need to do and says, this is what I believe, this is what I need to do. And I think it's different when men, men say that and when women say that. So something that I had to actively work throughout my life, I think, is to decide that I do know enough that I do believe in what I'm saying and I do need to speak up. And I think that is something that I had to learn over the time. I understand now through what we're talking about that it is crucial to encourage women to take an active part, to engage with Gen AI. Let's start with that, you know, to engage, to play with, to ask the questions, to interact with, etc. But also us in gender or yourself in gender-related positions, I, I understand it's even more crucial, right? Because you're touching the heart of, of the thing itself and the data. So do you have some, uh, you know, some uh, recommendations? What organizations can do, what women leaders can do? Crucial that women take part of these processes. And also when I'm saying women, I'm talking about all misrepresented groups. Right? This is not only a, a problem for women, but it's absolutely crucial that women take part of of this process of developing algorithms, they can help mitigate biases, find biases, because the first problem to, to stop them is to, to find them, right? This is also why I think it's so important that on a government level, on a company level, we need to enforce the, the practice of reporting metrics on biases, of being transparent on, on how our algorithms are performing and how is our team composition and what percentage of women and men we have doing courses, you know, promoting employees to take courses on gender biases and management. And by the way, I think this is something Amdocs um, does um, great. I've taken the gender bias course and it's, I, I really, really like it. So as we are uh, celebrating or nearing International Women's Day or month, I want to allow Alex to ask a final question here. So Alex. Lila, how can we identify and mitigate gender bias in gen AI algorithms? There's a lot of techniques that are, you know, nowadays are known on how to mitigate bias in algorithms. The first step is data selection. You know, from the start, you need to be sure that your data is not biased. And you need to monitor this continuously because the fact that it's not biased when we start the experiment doesn't mean that it's not going to get biases as we go on. 
And we know that also the world changes and the data changes with the world. So we need, this is a continuous effort that we need to do. We also uh, need to have mixed teams, like, like we said before, right? We need to have a representative team of people that can build these algorithms to ensure that, that we're not building a biased product. We need to work always towards explainable AI and transparency and measure and report metrics on biases. And ideally, we, you know, we can always have a human in the loop that checks the results before, before sending something outside, right? That's, that's also another option that instead of fully trusting algorithms to make autonomous decisions, also allow, allow some monitoring from a human. Although humans also have unconscious bias, but that's another story. Right. We can't fix it all, right? <laughs> but it's important to, to detect them and to acknowledge them and to know that all of us have unconscious bias. And that's natural. But if we can measure them and we can acknowledge they exist, then we can do something about it. And we can break the, the circle. So Lila, Alex, I definitely have some pledges for the new, you know, the next year as to what to do in order to prevent some biases that are almost built in, into this. And uh, thank you very much for getting us thinking. Thank you. Thank you all for inviting me.